0: Two, one, two, three, four. Friday night I crashed your party. Saturday I said I'm sorry.
1: Sunday came and trashed you out again. Welcome to the You May Be Right Podcast, part of Elite Sports Radio. The
0: place where New York Yankees and Boston Red Sox fans can't stand one and one another. Or maybe they can.
1: Welcome back to the You May Be Right podcast with uh, JB and Pauly D. Hello. And uh, this is part of uh, Elite Sports Radio, part of Elite Sports New York, the pulse of New York City sports. Pauly D. This is spring training time, and you will not stop talking about college basketball. What is wrong with you? I introduced you to Five
0: Alive. Ba da ba ba ba. I'm loving it. You know, I love this time of the year. I do love the beginning of spring spring training, from pitchers and catchers reporting uh, all the way through the first games in February and into March. But I have to tell you, JB, for me, this is college basketball season because we're getting into going to get into championship week soon, and after that, it's March Madness, which second to the baseball second to the Major League Baseball playoffs is my favorite sporting event of the year
1: it, it is a lot of fun i mean you and i do a bracket every year i mean you're definitely more. i always than... lose <laughs> i mean me too i don't, I don't th- <laughs> I, i've been doing i've been doing brackets every year since 2006 and 2008 is the closest i came to, to winning it because i i was the only one in the pool who picked memphis and kansas wow to go to the finals wow and to keep in mind this was a year that i really messed up had had next to no upset picks still got the championship game right All I needed was for Memphis to win the game, for Derrick Rose to make those stupid free throws, absolutely, and I would have won the pool. But no, right, 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 and
0: that's always kind of the way it goes uh, with with the with the March Madness brackets. I mean, it's you either need so much information that you're like a human that you're like a walking. College basketball dictionary, or you need none at all. I think those are the two winning recipes for actually winning a pool.
1: Now, here's a question I have for you. Do, sure. you: do you have that one college basketball friend who, every time you announce your picks for like the final four, who always finds a way to just dump all over them?
0: Absolutely, I do, and I'm gonna. He's going to remain nameless.
1: Yeah, mine too. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Rick Barnes at the University of Tennessee had number one seed for a couple weeks now, but then he got a clown by Kentucky.
0: Oh my God, they got blown out, and it was it was uncompetitive in the second and half um and I have to tell you JB I was expecting it and the reason why is because well it's Rick Barnes Rick Barnes kind of sucks yeah you know I mean out of 16 when he was with Texas out of 16 NCAA tournament tournament appearances he lost to a lower seed 9 times but He's not the only one. He's not meaning he's not the only one with a with a pretty with a really decent regular season record who kind of lays an egg in the tournament. There's a lot yeah. of guys that do that.
1: Absolutely. You know,
0: Gene Cady's one. won. Uh, His career winning percentage is 6.55 in the NCAA tournament. And he's 5.14. Digger Phelps. We all know Digger. Yeah. We all know Digger. 6.76 in the regular season, even 500 in the tournament. Steve Alford, UCLA.
1: Oh man, he's terrible.
0: Hey, look, 6.54 in the regular season, but 500 in the tournament. You know Rick Barnes is on the list, but he's not the only one. And it actually, I had to dig into it because I can't say it can't just be Rick Barnes. Yeah,
1: and you, and you see some big names here. You got Jamie, uh, Jamie Dixon, a yep. longtime pit coach, now at TCU. You got my, my main man Dana Altman at Oregon. Absolutely, and for you old Saint
0: John, Saint Johnny's fans, Lou Carnesecca. Lou, sweet Lou Carnesecca. Uh,
1: is, is he still alive? Um, I am not sure. Here, 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 let's look that up right now. Lou Carnesecca <laughs> is. Lou Nisecca just turned 94 last Alive month. Alive
0: and kicking.
1: Yeah, because I, I remember that uh, during Steve Lavin's first year uh, at St. John's, he was courtside a lot, and every time he, um, the the Giants had to, had to take a TV timeout, it just like he always had this look on his face, kind of like, kind of like like a flustered owl, like in a right. cartoon, just like, right? Oh no! Oh, oh dear! Like kind of like that. A phenomenal coach. Though. Yeah, phenomenal yeah. coach, and and, and, and look- a lovely guy too. I've heard.
0: And his regular season record bears it out. What a phenomenal coach he was, 724. But in the tournament, even Sweet Lou Carnesecca, 459. The tournament, it's a di- the tournament is a different animal, and that's what yeah. makes it so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's one of the way one of the ways you know that spring train that spring has arrived. But the other way. Uh, yeah. And
1: that said, change the damn channel. It's spring training. I know I the know, games are I meaningless. Know. But okay, all right. I, I I should preface this, folks. Spring training to me uh, has a lot of sentimental value and here's why. So my my grandparents used to live down in Sarasota, Florida, which is kind of like central Florida on the Gulf Coast. Um <clears throat> excuse me. And uh they used they lived maybe let's say 10 minutes away from Ed Smith Stadium where the where I don't know who's there now, but back then it was the Chicago White Sox. And one year my dad and I we took a train from here down to Florida. I think we took a train into into Tampa and then took a bus to Sarasota. And then we uh we saw the uh the White Sox there. And then before that, though, we did, we did a spring training doubleheader. Okay. First, we drove to nearby Bradenton to McKinney Field to the Pittsburgh Pirates with the Cardinals. I saw the Pittsburgh Parrot. That's sweet. That's my pretty da- sweet. Grabbed my dad's pen, had, had him sign my hat. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And here's the kicker, though, because uh, the spring training doubleheader was on uh, St. Patrick's Day. So the Pirates wow. and Cardinals were wearing the green hats. Oh, nice. Which kind of threw me off. Uh, it was like a baseball uniform car wreck almost, and right. then uh, we, that night we went to we went back to Sarasota, saw the White Sox play the Phillies. Some dumbo kid like, on a foul ball because this game went to extras too. Back when oh. the spring training games went into extras,
0: extra baseballs. Foul ball good.
1: comes down the third baseline. We we've got near front row seats. Phillies third base coach is about to toss me the ball. Like we, you're at my 12 o'clock. The same was the for the Phillies third base coach. This one dumb kid jumped in front of me to catch the ball. And fell onto the field to do it. Aww. Well,
0: and you know what? Did he, did he Did he? actually catch the ball? Did he Malcolm
1: Butler your 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 foul ball? You know what? I can't remember. The last, <laughs> thing, the last thing I remember is him being on the field with the ball and then just jumping back up into oh, the stands no. with but it. But that's,
0: that's still worth the uh, injection. And, you
1: know We're, we're going to call this kid Brent because I felt very bullied <laughs> in the moment. And uh, Brent, if you're listening, if by any chance you're a Yankees fan, guess what? I now have a radio show. You're probably down, back down in Florida eating alligator out of a can. You may have that ball, but I am the man.
0: <laughs> in his defense, alligator is delicious.
1: Did he get tossed, though? I can't remember because I, 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 that's last, a tossable thing I, The thing I remember right after that is because be, behind us, it was me, and my dad, and my grandfather. There were these guys who, like, I guess they're maybe like the, the late twenties, early thirties, something. Who decide, hey, let, let's take a, a week of vacation or like right. a long weekend, go down and watch some spring training, right? And the, the entire time they're like, "Kid, you fell asleep. You gotta catch that man." <laughs> yeah. And there I am. I'm like ten. I'm like, "Yeah, I know that. Get off my yeah. back." Yeah. But uh, you it, gotta it, come to the ball, JP. But go but going down ball. to that part of Florida is is really fun because there's a, there's actually a restaurant. restaurant in Sarasota called Shaner's, which uh, you might might remember this guy used to play for the Twins and the Mariners, a guy named Shane Raleigh. Had a cup of coffee with the Yankees, too. You know, I,
0: I, do, I do think, I recall the name. He runs, not he, the he
1: runs a restaurant down, down in Sarasota called Shaner's. And and the best thing is, you know, a lot of guys will open these restaurants, but they'll just put their name on it. He's right. actually, he's there every day. He, he runs it. Yeah, he, he manages the restaurant. In a
0: way that Mickey Mantle did not run Mickey Mantle's.
1: Correct. Right. Yeah, uh, and it's it's a really good place, too. I mean, it's a sports bar. They got, you know, the burgers, the chicken fingers, really good pizza. And I remember seeing the name Shaner, and I saw all his baseball cards on the wall did me a little to put two and two together, and then I realized it's it's this guy whose baseball card I have is running this restaurant. Wow! And he came over, shook my hand, like asked me my names, and then as we were leaving, he said, "Bye, Josh. Good to see you." And like maybe I'll be- get back down there. He does not remember me. No, I like, mean yeah. you know it's been a while.
0: But yeah. you know he got he got a baseball fan for life. with that that's how you do yeah it. And, and you got a one at a time. But him, you, you,
1: you look up Shaner's <laughs> on the internet. It's got like four point eight stars out of five. So right. this, this isn't a typical. It's a local favorite too. I bet. Oh yeah, I mean based on the reviews, it has to be because because I remember being in New Yorker, the pizza was actually really good. Yeah, yeah, you know that's get... always
0: surprising. Isn't it always surprising? <laughs> well, yeah, like yeah when I mean... you go you know when you go to you know either you know my my wife's family's from uh, the Midwest. I, you know I go out there and they do have a good pizza place out there, and you're always surprised. Which what... is
1: not pizza, just be clear.
0: Fair. But you're always surprised when you go elsewhere and you find decent pizza and you hang on to that for the rest of your life. Whenever you go down there, you know where you can get a good slice.
1: Yeah. And uh, at some point when I take my family down to Sarasota or to Tampa for spring training, we will be going to Shaner's. Absolutely. And having a pizza with my with my favorite toppings on there garlic onions and jalapeno peppers
0: continuing the tradition
1: yep all right folks well we have a great show for you today a lot of fun yeah uh so we got some spring training and uh let's dive right into it uh paul what's happening in Sox camp
0: well you know um a lot and a little uh, I mean, I think I think one of the things that's I think one of the things that's most important is that uh, you know the Red Sox beat the Yankees on uh, on two twenty three eight to five, which yep. was which was always good. It's always it's always good to beat the Yankees Yankees, and it's always something a, a Sox fan could take deep down into their soul and be happy with and know that they did it. But seriously, um, a couple of highlights, Devers. Um, uh, Devers goes two for three with an RBI, but Michael Chavis, the Sox number one prospect over the over a limited time in, in spring training so far, has gone. Timer's now live. Uh, uh, oh, Michael Chavis uh, has go, in limited time has uh, has hit a couple of home runs, six RBI, so he's looking good. I don't think we really expect Chavis to give Devers a run for his money at third base. Yeah. The question though is whether or not Chavis is a you know maybe he's maybe he's added to the roster early in the season, m- midseason, season, or late in the season or at all and that's what, kind of what I think he's auditioning for now in the uh uh, what he's auditioning for now in spring training. The other things I think we're looking at is is how does the bullpen fare? You know we got we know we got Barnes, Brazier, but there's other question marks that we have. Brian, how's Brian Johnson, Bobby Pointer gonna fare? Carson Smith, how's Brandon Workman gonna do? Well, in two twenty four against the Twins in an eight to five win, Carson Smith and Brandon Workman each each uh, put in an put in an inning of work and struck out the side, which is always a good thing. And and like, likewise, we're also I think looking for some of the you know some of the uh, the the minor leaguers to the younger arms to come up and to see if anyone can you know maybe make a difference at the big club in a mid mid season or late season call up and to that point in a, in a four to three loss in a four to three loss with the pirates uh, Brian Johnson and Bobby Pointer each combined for three innings of one run ball which is a pretty good. You know, it's a pretty good sign there are a couple of lefties, and quite frankly, the big club's going to need them both this year. And also, Travis Lakens has put in an inning of work and uh, has, you know, scattered some scattered some hits over over his time uh, his his time on the mound. And I think what we're looking for again is is you know our. You know, are we going to get any help in the bullpen? Because it doesn't seem like it's forthcoming from Dombrowski.
1: I mean, the the one thing the Red Sox have going for them, because they're they're in a Fort Myers, right? Uh yes. Yeah, because Fort Myers, it's a very chilled, it's a very chilled out city. Same right. same with uh, kind of like by conscious for Tampa can be kind of a party town for the Yankees. Sure. Um, but one thing the Red Sox have going for them, and like, and I want, and I want to talk about this uh, specifically with the first game against the Yankees. Right. The beauty of this game is that, it, except for a few names here and there, almost. And I'm talking about the pitchers, especially. Yeah, um, I didn't see any guys who are going to be on the team ne- uh, at the start of the year. I mean, o- it, it was the ultimate tune-up game. I mean, the only one I saw was Lakins,
0: who might, 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 might be a late-season call-up if they need if if they yeah. need the help. But he scatters three hits over two score settings at work. Uh, so. I mean I agree with you. I think it's more I think I too I think for the Sox it's more physically how are they faring after the deep run last season? Well, how are they coming, you know, how are they coming back? How how are they going to come back and, and maybe make another run here?
1: Well, I think the one thing they have going for them is that um, Al- the difference between Alex Cora and John Farrell is night and day. Right. I mean, because <laughs> uh, because John, John Farrell, I mean, we saw it with the Blue Jays and we saw him with uh, with the Red Sox. He's good at developing pitchers, and that's sure. about it. I mean, excellent you, pitching
0: coach. Uh, it, absolutely. And yeah. and when it come when it came to using arms, he was he was like a wood chipper for pitchers' arms. It felt like they yeah, just ran kind of, he just ran him into the ground.
1: Kind of like not quite Dusty Baker, but right. almost right. Um, but and because that. They have such that good response to Cora, though. Sure. I mean, the Red Sox you saw last year... They looked confident, and they looked relaxed.
0: I think Gore is trying to identify pieces, especially early in spring training. Yes. The only other thing the Sox are really excited about is Eddie Rodriguez, who showed up on February 11th in amazing shape, and I think they're hoping for big things out of him as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, Eddie Rodriguez is definitely the wild card sure. in, your, uh, in the Sox rotation right now. Because sure. like, Chris Sale, despite the shoulder problems, you know, you know that even on a bad day he could go out and give you five innings. Absolutely. I uh, mean,
0: I, I could see Eddie Rodriguez... Going, you know, going sixteen and four, or you know, going eight and ten. You know, he yeah. he really is that much of a wild card.
1: Yeah. Um. I, well, he's not. He's not quite like um. Who was that guy who was on the Orioles? But that was so hot and cold. You remember a uh, Daniel Cabrera, right? The right, big, right. big hard thrower who was either going to shut you out for seven innings or give up seven runs in two innings. Right. 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 Um. Erod isn't quite that. No, but, I don't think so. at all. But definitely, like if if I'm the manager of the Red Sox, uh. Gun to my head, I gotta, I gotta put somebody uh, into pitch game seven. Erod is not gonna be that guy.
0: No, no, um, but, but I think he can give you big innings down the stretch, and I think you know, with, uh, I, I think with proper use, he can even give you really big innings in the postseason.
1: Yeah, yeah, and he can. I think that he's at the point now where he's still, despite ha- having been up in the majors for some time, sure, he's just at that, uh, that, at that tail end of still learning how to pitch, right. which I we th- saw last year. Definitely. But now that he's come, out, come in top shape, he knows what's expected of him. He right. knows he's got great support, not just in the clubhouse, but in the rotation. Right. Because who is it? There's Sale, Porcello. Price, Price, Erod, and, and who's your Eval- fifth guy? Ivaldi. Ivaldi. Yeah, I forgot. You got Evaldi.
0: and then uh, you got maybe right. You got maybe Johnson.
1: Yeah. So like, there's depth. So there is. It, so he knows that in the event that he uh, he needs to be lifted early, it's okay. There's somebody who can help come in and mop up at, if need be. Absolutely. And one like, other... there's no pressure on him to be an ace. No, you're right, and that's and that I think is a big is a big deal for
0: uh, Eddie Rodriguez, especially given his age. Uh, and given his relative compared to some of these other guys, lack of major league ba- lack of major league baseball experience, and I say this as a guy who was part of a championship run. But yeah. the only other thing they're excited about Eddie uh, Eddie Rodriguez is is that he was pretty lightly used down the stretch. Even you know even though he did accompany the it, it did uh, accompany the big club into the postseason, and he gave yeah. him some
1: innings and he gave him some good innings there. Because he got uh, he got hurt uh, late in the season last year too. Like, right. like jammed his knee or something.
0: Right. It was uh, I think it was an ankle. It was uh, yeah. it was August through September. Yeah, you know he was on the shelf a little bit, so he didn't have the innings load that some of the other starters did. Even even uh, even Ivaldi, uh, yeah, you know. So and that's another thing I think that the that the Sox have got to be got to be excited about as far as Eddie Rodriguez goes. You know, maybe he can be maybe he can be a bit more of an anchor this year yeah. given the given his relative lack of work last year.
1: Yeah, um, and contrastingly, like the the Yankees um, spring camp, it's a similar story, but it's. It's a little more intense, I'd say. I think so. Yeah, because um, uh, there's one positional battle, which we'll, which we'll get into in just a few minutes. But uh, listening, watching the Yes Network broadcast of yesterday's game against the Toronto Blue Jays, uh, all the non-roster invitees, all the minor leaguers, they're basically battling for one roster spot. Right. The rotation set, most of the on field on field lineup is is good to go. Boone's talking about 12 pitchers total, including right. the starters. <clears throat> so really, I mean that gives you the the nine guys on the field plus the DH that's 10 then you got Chapman Betances Zach Britton Adam Zavino Chad Green um there and that that's 15 right there then you got the um <clears throat> your backup catcher sure so, really, it's figuring out, okay, it, who's going to be, like, the little extra outfielder or the super utility guy? Right. Is it going to be Tyler Wade? Is it going to be Clint Frazier? And, in and, fact, and it's not going to be Clint Frazier because the Yankees pretty much confirmed today the plan is to put Frazier back down in the minors to at least start the season, uh, To which to me reads, okay, it's a it's a service time manipulation thing. But it just goes to show, like, the Yankees know full well, like, what they need to do sure. this season and they, they know what they have available they on know the what big yep they know what they have available and it's really just a matter of figuring out okay like who what in terms of this one this one battle who's going to be the best guy to, that's going to help us win right and then in the and then for this last spot, who's going to serve that same purpose? Right now, the big battle that you're talking about. I mean, we'll, we'll get to that in a second, though, just um because we still got a couple minutes. I want to talk talk about I, this. But I want to still want to talk about it in the abstract. Oh yeah, the, it, in it, terms
0: in terms of the big battle, do you on do you honestly believe that it's not a platoon situation? Because I think whatever happens, it's a pl- it's some kind of platoon situation. Under it's perfect some, circumstances, it's some percentage.
1: I mean, under perfect circumstances, and I'm talking if like if be the show were in real life and. Right. I, and I could set the lineup myself. It would be a platoon situation, right? But Boone and Cashman and the coaching staff have said whoever loses out in this battle is going down to Scranton. That is that's it. That is surprising. Yeah, that's that surprises me. Yeah, and it it is surprising, and I think a lot of, but I think a lot of it also has to do with how Troy Tulowitzki's is going to do sure. in spring training because I watched him yesterday. Now, to his credit. He hit a, he hit a slider to the opposite field for a home run. Absolutely, I, I'm not. He gonna, was
0: much touted on the Michael K. Show. Yeah,
1: I'm not going to discount that. But the only problem I had with Tulawitzki is that, and I saw it in the field, his throwing motion was a little weird. Now, yeah. now mind you, one of them was on a very slow roller, so we kind of had to like force it over there. Right. But just the way that he kind of lifted his arm and moved his arm, he was. It looked like he was forcing a throw almost. For, I mean, do, do
0: you see? Do you look at that and see rust, or do you look at that and see a broader issue with how he holds and carries himself given his injuries? I hope it's rust.
1: Right. I hope it's Russ because Troy Tulowitzki, even though I don't want him on the team and I've been very critical of him being really? on the team. He's an all-upside, no-downside, league-minimum guy. Uh, yes, and I think that because he can, he of can, that— He can only benefit. Well, that said, that being said, if he's doing so well, he took less money to sign with the Yankees. Right. And Tyler Wade, he's off to a very hot start in spring training. He's batting 800 with three doubles through his first two games. Not, Not too shabby. <laughs> Why would you bury Tyler Wade, who who other scouts have said put him on a contending team that isn't the Yankees, he's a starter? Sure. Why would you bury Tyler Wade for an aging veteran who, if you released him now, would be at a minimal cost and who is probably going to get injured at some point down the line? I think because— And you... who's only going to be there for a couple months until Didi Gregorius yeah. comes back anyway.
0: Because the only thing you care about at the big club is production, uh, as much production out of every spot in the lineup. And after spring training is done, if Tulowitzki is— one of those spots in that lineup or even in a even even in a platoon situation, it's because they expect him to produce more than Wade. And that's it. And that's that's it. And that's all. And I don't really th- I don't really think there's much else kind of to that. You know, if Tula Whiskey does the if, if he does, the if
1: he does the job, he makes the team. That's last, the, I'm last that. thing I'm going to say on it. Glaber Torres is a natural shortstop. Absolutely. You have a Gold Glove second baseman, D.J. LeMayhew, who can also play first and third. And you have Tyler Wade, who bats left-handed, has gap power, and can run for days.
0: That This is Why all true.
1: Why would you bury that for an aging, injury-prone veteran just because you got him on the cheap?
0: The only way you would is if you're confident that he's going to produce more. That's the only way you would.
1: I have a very hard time believing he will. Well, we will see. You may be right. <laughs> I may be crazy. But it just might be a lunatic we're looking for. Absolutely. Billy Joel for the lyric. All right, Paul ID. But now let's talk about that position battle that everyone is watching. I love it. Uh, you and I have decided to name this. a. This is going to be a recurring segment on Future You May Be Rights, folks. This is Birdwatch. It's
0: the Birdwatch. You know, I saw a uh, purple tufted titmouse uh, 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 in the forest the other day uh, next to a Robin Redrest. But I haven't seen the bird. Uh, but the bird is the word. The bird. Have you Have you not heard? Uh, <laughs> at any rate yeah it is it is a bird watch I've taken I have taken Luke Voigt I believe that uh given you know given Luke Voigt's performance last year I think it's Luke Voigt's job to lose it is um and I think and I actually believe that that he, that all Voigt has to do this spring is to hold serve
1: to beat out bird for the job at first I don't necessarily agree with that because there was uh remind me, do you have the Athletic? I do not. Okay. I am uh, not yet a
0: subscriber to The Athletic.
1: I highly recommend The Athletic. is wonderful. Um, there was a piece on it last Friday by Lindsay Adler, who was written for, I think she was at Deadspin for a little bit. Right. She's She's been all around. She And she wrote this excellent piece that she later said has gotten more attention, sparked more debate than previous Yankees bits she wrote. Right. Um, it was a feature on Bird, and it confirmed something that we all suspected last year, he was not fully healthy. He was having trouble putting weight on his foot. On his front foot specifically, sure couldn't drive the ball the way he wanted to, and he decided, you know what, uh, this off season, after losing losing my starting job to Voit, I'm going back to basics. He bought a boat, uh, spent most of his time on it just fishing by himself uh, throughout the uh, throughout the winter. Had his dad out uh, for a little bit, had a, right. a, a high school friend from Colorado come out, but then he started working with hitting coach Marcus Timms and infield coach Carlos Mendoza in Tampa. Now the two of them, they live down there full time. Uh, during the off season. So it wasn't a problem. It's just a matter of yeah, I can drive like the, however long it takes to get, for, to get from my house to the Meyer league complex or the training complex. So they had basic fielding practice, got it, got his form back, took some batting practice. <clears throat> and I think I noticed when I was watching him that he, he's kind of like hunching a little bit more right now. Right. Change of stance. But apparently the work. Do you think w- that's Marcus Thames? Yeah. Marcus Timms has been like an assistant hitting coach. with the. He was an assistant hitting coach with the Yankees for a couple of years. Now he's their main hitting coach. He's widely respected by the players and the organization. I mean, so good. He's been putting in the work. That's great. But apparently the work that he was putting in, it spurred Timms and Mendoza to call Boone and say, when you come down, you have to keep an eye on Bird because he, something's changed. He's but, ready to pop. Yeah, they think he's ready to pop. Well, yeah. I mean he, you know, he doesn't look terrible. He doesn't look terrible so far in spring training. He doesn't. Um, he he went zero for one with a walk yesterday. Right. Um, and and the walk, he worked a great at bat. Um, the pitch was borderline, but just shows how great Bird's eye is. The uh, the one out he made was a fly out to. You are, uh, such, a, you are such a bird homer. I'm fully aware. Of you are that. you are deep. I, I deep, will die on this hill, pole.
0: JB. You are deep in the tank for Greg Bird right now. I uh, yep and I'm, I I, mean, I am I get, prepared to die on that hill. I look, I get that I get that he has a uh, compelling personal story of the off season and, and and all the rest of it but still I say that Luke Voigt's the man to beat. Uh but yeah, so uh Greg Bird uh or uh, Greg Bird on the, on the 23rd at Boston. Went 2-for-2 with a double. Pretty good. Yeah, opposite field double. Can't ask for much more than that. On 224, he didn't play. Luke Voigt, anything you can do. Voigt can do better. 2-for-3 with a three-run homer and four RBI.
1: Okay, I'm going to shoot this down right now. Now, now, real quick, I just want to say how Bird's out yesterday was very deep, to left field. Fair enough. So he's getting that opposite field going on. He can hit it everywhere. Voigt, okay, he's the favorite going into camp. Everyone's jumping on his back because he goes 2-for-3 with a home run and three RBIs his first game. I mean it's not as debuts go it's better than 0 for 4. Okay, but
0: for a strikeout. All right.
1: You know what? I'm going to go full Rick Sanchez and just ruin ruin Luke Voit for everybody here. Uh, <laughs> okay. Voit single comes off of Tyler Glassnell, a guy who's barely been in the major leagues at all. He was acquired from the Pirates last year as part of the Chris Archer trade, was the Pirates' top pitching prospect and still hasn't quite learned how to pitch yet. Then his home run comes off of Ryan Stanek, who is a fastball pitcher, looks like he listens to Foghat and lives in a trailer all the time. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. There
0: is nothing wrong with that. Yeah, but, hat is great. Yeah, but you, I enjoy a slow
1: ride every now and take then. Take it easy. I will. <laughs> anyway, And he, this guy, he threw, he threw his fastball. He's got an average fastball velocity, I think, of 98 miles an hour through 60% of the time last year. And this guy like the kind of pitches he throws for a power hitter like Void, it's like sending Void to the all you can eat buffet. Right. So not only that, this is against the Rays. These are the guys who decided to ruin baseball with openers so they wouldn't have to pay their starters. Doing well against against a bunch of scrubs who would be terrible on any other team, D does not make Luke Void
0: special. F- fair enough, but but isn't that what spring training is about aren't you know, aren't all these guys tuning up you know especially guys that are looking to make the club or at least going to get really darn close to it if they don't aren't all these guys tuning up against against pitchers that you know maybe aren't going to be in the major leagues or maybe aren't going to aren't going to contribute as much in the Well, big well, well
1: Stanic is going to be in the major leagues. No, fair enough, but he's and so is
0: But but they're both but they the point is they're both tuning up. You know, these are everyone's just tuning up and getting things ready. And the point is, you produce. You produce when you produce against whom you produce. That's all I'll look,
1: say. Look, I'll, All I'm going to say is this: I will fully admit that I am in the tank for Bird. He's a he's a better overall, proven hitter despite his injuries, and Vo- and also, it might add, he's younger than Voight, too. Voit right. Voight's 28. Bird just turned 26 a couple months ago. Sure. And the lineup is very right-handed dominant. Right. We need a left-handed batter. That's true. Voight had a great month last year, had a great September. He is a big reason why the Yankees made the playoffs. Absolutely. When they when they really need a big bat with Judge out. But he might as well be Shane Spencer 2.0. I mean, right. you, you remember 1998. I every do. Yankees fan listening to this remembers 1998. Shane Spencer, the home run dispenser, right, right. comes up, has, I think, four grand slams in five weeks. Right. And I remember, like, I was in seventh grade when this happened. I was like, just started seventh grade. And I'm talking to friends uh, about the Yankees, and we're talking in the future. I say, hey, Shane Spencer, we got a hole in left field. He's Here's the guy. Yeah. Because Daryl Strawberry's old and can't be trusted for obvious reasons. And I forget this this kid's name, but he said, look, if Shane Spencer is comes up to spring training and is smacking home runs, great. He's the left fielder. Absolutely. And what happened? Shane Spencer hit, I think, maybe... I don't know, like 30 home runs for the rest of his career. Then he got flipped to Cleveland, didn't he? Flipped to Cleveland. He was with the, the Indians. With the, with, he was with the Mets for a little bit. Yeah. I think the Rangers had him for... for um... Uh, invite to spring training. I mean so file file
0: the Shane Spencer craze under under overstated expectations, but the but yeah. the the point is this if Luke Voigt continues to produce in spring training, I don't think he has to mash. I think you think he has to mash. I don't think he has to mash in spring training to get the job given his performance last year and given Bird's performance last year. I now, I
1: really don't. Well, here's another issue I have with it. Bird is also a better defensive first baseman and that is the true. Yan- and the Yankees also have DJ LeMahieu who I sure. talked about earlier and Boone says, like, look, he's going to play all over, but I primarily see him as a backup first baseman, which is fine. Absolutely. But if you have Luke Voigt, and then you're insisting on putting Tulowitzki at shortstop... And keep in mind, it's still, I mean, no, it's, it's still too early to predict any. No, I
0: mean you're 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 adding you're adding things on uh, you're adding things onto things onto things. Yes. I you know we why can't Luke Voigt be at first and maybe Tulowitzki doesn't make the club or maybe Tulowitzki right. maybe Tulewitzky doesn't play every day or
1: maybe Tulowitzki hardly plays at all. The, you know the way I see it is that if you're going to have another right-handed hitter and Voit come up and be the first baseman, right? If Troy Tulowitzki is going to be your starting shortstop, and you're going to have Glaber Torres at second base. You've got the right-handed hitter at first base. DJ Lemme, he was also a right-handed hitter. Where does he get at bats? I mean, that's
0: a that's a good point.
1: Yeah. I and, mean, a lot of a lot
0: of people like Bird, I think, and, and because because not for the only reason. This is probably not the only reason they like him, but a lot of people like Bird because he's a left, lefty bat and
1: because yeah. it's Yankee Stadium. Yeah. I mean, the short porch in right field. Right. I mean, I'm a left-handed that's, hitter. Right. Like, I would love if I had a chance to go play for the Yankees, And if I'm the manager of the Yankees and sees Josh Benjamin playing like a lefty bat who just who can smack the ball, even if he has like a slightly less uh, successful spring training than Void, who's the favorite, I'm going to put him in there just because just for analytics and break up the lineup. And that that might be the way that they go. Um, and and worst case scenario, but, you're like okay, I get that people love Void. I bet I bet that I don't know how. I, I just don't know how, hero. But
0: I just don't know how you justify after Voight's performance last year if he if he even holds serve if he's if he's good. Well, define, or, well, define holding serve. Defi- holding serve means to means
1: to do well,
0: okay. uh, but but he doesn't have to. You know, he doesn't have to go crazy. He doesn't have to bat six hundred this spring training or, or 500. five hundred. You right. know what I mean? Well,
1: well, let me ask you this. Let's say that let's say that void and and Bird put up the. Exact same numbers across the board in spring it's Vo- training. It's Voigt's job. Well, hold on, you didn't you don't let me finish my question. Right. They put up the exact same numbers, but Bird averages like a pitch and a half more per at bat than Voigt. What do you do? I still, I, it's still Voigt's job. I'll go, I'll go with Bird because I believe in quality at bats, and so does, and so does Boone.
0: Fair enough, but that's, I mean, given his performance last year, I got to go with Voigt.
1: Well, uh, hey, Paulie D, you may be right, and you may be right as well. Either way, I'm I'm excited to watch the rest of this. I really hope Bird goes it's on gonna an a absolute video game like tear. Yeah, it's still way too early. No, it's going to be I'm, fun. I'm not going to lie because as we're recording this, the Yankees and, and and Red Sox are both rained out today. Unfortunately, the Yankees were supposed, to the, were supposed to play the Phillies. I was bummed. Me too. Because I, I but I, also at the same time, yay Voit loses a game, a day of playing. <laughs> you know, that means he gets it tomorrow, right? Uh, I'm not sure. it'll uh, It'll depend on because I for, I forget who the Yankees are playing tomorrow. Honestly, but they really are.
0: The Yankees to, to put a, to put a fine point on it, the Yankees really are pitting these two guys against each other. They're playing them every other game, and they just want to see how they go head to head. It's it's actually a really fun, you know, really fun little thing that's happening in Yankees' spring training this year.
1: Uh, let's st- let's stick with uh, the Yankees right now because it is time to talk about. The new $70 million man, who just got get, I just got to get another message about that on my phone, sorry folks. Aaron Hicks, in his contract year after agreeing to arbitration, has voided that year because of a new seven-year $70 million extension. I think it's a smart signing. Uh, Yeah, you know, why don't you uh, take the first take the first hill on this one? I'm going to be honest when I when I
0: took a deep dive into Hicks, um, I was surprised that he wasn't statistically better, given given that he got seven years and seventy million. But there is something about him, yeah, uh, especially as a Sox fan playing against the Yankees lineup. I used to go, oh, last year I was like, oh, Hicks is in the lineup, Mm -hmm. you know. And there's and statistically there's really there's really not too too much to justify that given traditional statistics, but I think once you dip dip into the analytics on Hicks, he starts to look a lot better. I think last year he was four point nine war.
1: Uh or four
0: point six. I mean which is which is pretty darn good. Four point seven. Four point seven that's pretty darn good. So I mean you know, even, but even, you know, again, with traditional stats, even against Boston, he looks pretty middling, but I think it's a smart signing that he's a Swiss Army knife outfielder. He could play anywhere. Yeah, he could play all three positions. You know, uh, and, and, and that's that. what that ensures for the Yanks is that they You're can
1: right. 4.7 war in baseball reference, 4.9 on fan graphs.
0: I mean, but it, which is which is pretty good.
1: Yeah, and it's made and it's made even surprising, better. It,
0: it's surprisingly good given now, his traditional yeah, statistics. Yeah, and he only hit
1: two forty-eight.
0: Absolutely, it's surprising. Yeah. So you know, he's. I think Hicks is the kind of player who will surprise you, especially in a big spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I will say. Uh, I think this frees the Yankees up to go after pretty much whomever they want because they could play anywhere in free agency next year. And there's some big big names coming up next year in free yeah. agency. you know there's there, I think Mike Trout is no,
1: Mike Trout's got uh, two more years. He's got two more yeah. years. Uh, huh? well, well, the big one now next year is Chris Sale and Rick Porcello.
0: Well, fair enough, but in, in terms of in terms of outfielders, this this gives the Yankees a lot of flexibility because again, Hicks can play anywhere.
1: Yeah, and just just uh, to give some of his stats from last year. He uh, posted a line of 248 366 467 uh, tw- uh career high 27 home runs and 90 RBIs. Uh he he dealt with some injuries here uh, early on in the season and right. that's and that's really been what's uh, what's been holding him back cuz he only appeared in 88 games in 2017 but still played very well. 20, uh 2016, he played 123 games, but he was basically a fourth outfielder there, and he's the kind of player who needs at-bats to be good. I think so. And he's still a former first-round pick, for, uh, picked 14th overall back in 2008. Yeah, the Yankees
0: believe in this guy. And so, I mean, it's I, it's obvious from the contract, but it's even obvious of the treatment of him before that. They be, they believe in
1: him. I wrote an article for ESNY back in August saying, like— that, Aaron Hicks is a unicorn. Like he's he is a a poor man's unicorn, mind you. Right. But he is a switch-hitting outfielder who plays a very good center field. And 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 just as a person, he's soft spoken. He's not flashy. Right. He's the kind of guy who he, he loves golfing, loves going to the gym, his Instagram, it's a lot of a lot of his workouts. And this was the smartest move he could have made. I, I think be, be, I between definitely the, think between so. the analytics and his injury history, which I just mentioned, that would slow his market. And he called this deal fair on both sides, and he also said, "Look, I'm a father now. Right. I I need to think about my son. It's security.
0: Yes. It's it. seven years of security. Who's getting? Look, JB. Who's getting a seven-year contract these days? Nobody. Very very
1: few people. Very few people. Very few, very, few, very few. But he, he has, only only
0: only I think three under five percent of free agent signings free agent signings uh, uh, this year. Were four or more years. I mean, that's yeah. That's it's nobody's getting seven years. That's a lot of security for Hicks, and quite frankly, it's a lot of security for the Yankees.
1: It is a lot of security for the Yankees because based on on the deal, it's seven years, seventy million, um, and. I like to go back to the end of the 98 season when Bernie Williams signed a seven-year, $87.5 million contract with the Yankees. There are ghosts of Bernie in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, he, he's a poor man's Bernie Williams, yeah. is what he is. Yeah. He can play all three outfield positions. He's not as good of a contact hitter as Williams was. but no. But it's it's also a different game that they're playing right now. Right. Um, And this makes the future interesting, because right now we have, left field is going to be either um, Clint Frazier, well, not Clint Frazier, but Brent. Brent. Uh, Brett Gardner is going to be the starting left fielder, it looks like. Yeah? Sure. Uh, Let's say that they both struggle this year. Next, and then we have a prospect down the minors, Estevan Florial, who's supposed to be a great defensive center fielder. Still needs some seasoning. He's a good lefty contact hitter. And then you could bring him up, and you move Hicks over to left, right? Or Frazier uh, is smacking the ball off the cover, right? And Hicks is like is yo-yoing. There's no no trade clause. Right. That's the best thing the Yankees did. Yeah. Everybody wins this
0: trade. I think. I think so too. Yeah, actually, it's. I think it's a. I think it's a really smart, smart deal.
1: Now, contrastingly, let's talk about the guy who used to man center field for the Yankees. What what's going on with Jacoby Ellsbury? Paulie I'm
0: not even sure he wants to play anymore. L- elaborate on I, that. that's. I mean, since the, so the guy it's Jacoby Ellsbury has a I think bought, got a reputation when he was with Boston of being soft. Yeah, and so injury I, prone. In in, in in but but it's not only injury prone. It's soft, meaning somebody. Who won't play through pain? Okay, somebody who won't play when he's hurt. Somebody if he's
1: not a hundred percent, he's not going. Where, whereas by contrast, Giancarlo Stanton last year basically said he was playing, pretty much the entire second half on one leg. Fair enough. I mean, Dustin Pedroia's tried. You know, Dustin
0: Pedroia tried to play with you know with a bone on bone situation in his name. Yeah, Ellsbury's not not doing that. Right. Ells, and he but didn't uh, Francona call him out a couple of times for it? So. He, I, I looked into it and he got the reputation in 2008. Now, 2008 is the year after the Sox win the title in 2007. Yeah, I remember. And they're going for the repeat. Yep. And they, and they got really close, right? They yeah. got to all the way to game seven of the ALCS. Yeah, against the Rays. Absolutely. And David Price, I think, gets the final out in that he game. He did. Yeah. Un- unfortunately. But uh, in 2008, Francona says, um, Francona says it's reported by Bill Ballou, our our good friend. Hey boy, the, the Worcester
1: Star Telegram. With the Worcester
0: Telegram and Gazette, toughness is a must in the Bigs. Although he insisted he was trying not to put up a red flag, Francona hinted before the game, and this is after Ellsbury sits out uh, sits out a three game set in Toronto. Hinted before the game that Jacoby Ellsbury might have been too careful with his groin injury. If we wait for everybody to be 100%, we wouldn't be able to field a team. You're not always going to be 100%, but you can go 0 for 4 and we can still win the game. JB, I think this starts like a snowball effect. Because when you hear the manager say it, the teammates are going to start to grumble. I think they grumbled in 2008. Yeah, we heard it again in 2010, and this time Ellsbury had four had four or five fractured ribs in a collision
1: with with Adrian Beltran. Yeah, I, re- I remember that. Like, it was he, bad. Uh, he kinda, that's, they both kind of crashed into the tarp on the left side, right?
0: Yeah. He, he 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 tried. They were both going for the ball, and they and, and Ellsbury ran into ran into a brick wall, and. You know, the and brick it, wall
1: that was Belcher. absolutely,
0: and it was and it was bad. And he tried to come back, and he re-injured it. They were misdiagnosed. There was lots going on that year. But he still, that that soft label kind of kept with him in 2010, and again in 2012. I mean, at this point, given what we know of Jacoby Ellsbury, and I, and I don't know if he's soft, and I, I quite frankly don't really care. But at this point, given where he's at, given that he's still injured, he missed all of last year, I have to question his willingness to actually come back and keep playing. I, I, I have to question it at this point. I, I think, think he
1: might be done. I think that's fully justified, and I, I think he, too, could be done, at least with the Yankees. Yes. Um, but who's going to take it? Based him? on what I've heard, and what is being, or what rather has been publicized right now, right. I think they're nearing their divorce. Um, right. Aaron Boone had his first presser of of spring camp last week. Has he dropped this bomb at the end? Jacoby Ellsbury has now has plantar fasciitis and is going to continue to rehab at his home in Arizona right. until mid March. Not even with the team. Not even with the team. And that same day on the Michael K Show, Michael K himself said the Yankees have a great training staff, excellent facilities down in Tampa, sure. state of the art. Why can't he rehab there? He could. And the way I see it, one of two scenarios is going to play out. Towards the end of spring, if he's even there, Cashman's going to call him into the office and discuss the possibility of a trade. Now, this is going to be tough because Ellsbury has a full no-trade clause. It's like it's like a seventy-year, one hundred fifty-three million-dollar deal. Sure, will easily go down as one of Cashman's worst signings, up there with Carl Pavano and Jarrett Wright. It's not <clears> a great. <throat> it's not a great signing, but you can understand where the
0: signing came from.
1: Yeah, because like the Yankees, they were reacting. They were trying hard to. To build a winning team while also ma- uh, keep Robinson Cano, right. even though Cashman knew Cano wasn't going to come back. I mean,
0: but now who do you got? You got Hicks roaming center. Exactly. You, you got Judge
1: and right. You got Gardner and
0: left. You got you got Clint Frazier. You got Wade. You got a lot. You got a busy outfield.
1: GB. Yeah. You got a busy outfield. And here's here's what's going to go down though. Uh, and Ellsbury, he can't be and he can't be DH. Ellsbury has said so many times he's not waived his no trade clause. Last year he said I will reclaim the starter's job from Hicks. Look how that turned out. Well, yeah. Um. And the Yankees, they the the Giants, have shown interest, right? And Ellsbury uh, has re- been reportedly okay with okay, with um approving a trade so long as it's out to the West Coast because he lives bad. in Arizona, right? And he's from Oregon, right? Um, so this way, Cashman says, "Look, if you, let's talk about where you want to go, and we'll try to work out a trade. Uh, it's better to trade him and unload some salary while also eating some." But if if Ellsbury refuses a trade, Cashman either has to say how much money to make you go away, right. or just outright outright release him and eat the money because right. it's becoming a distraction at it, this
0: point. It could be, I could see a Troy Tulowitzki Yankee scenario
1: happening. Uh, kind of like with, with the Blue Jays, you mean? Abs- absolutely. Yeah. I could, I could see if it. I mean, and if he, I'm, if I'm at put, the point now where I almost I right. almost prefer that to happen. If
0: he play if he plays hardball and won't go, they are going to have to eat the money. Yeah. Because I mean, what what is he doing here? I think he'd benefit from a
1: change in scenery. <laughs> yeah. All right, um, you know what? Let's go back to uh, to Boston real fast. Um, uh, well, Craig Kimbrell, what can we uh, what can we say about him? And I, I, we'll, no. we'll only spend like five minutes talking about this because there's no. not much to
0: nothing, nothing. We can't. I don't want. I don't want to discuss JB, Mr. Craig Kimbrel. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's it's <laughs> what uh, the actual hell, Paulie? I, I don't know. We're I, I really a few don't. Few days know. into spring training, the
1: top closer on the know. market still doesn't
0: have a home, and it, and Dabrowski says. We are not making any more signings. Point yeah. blank. Point blank. The it, bank it, is closed. It does. It does, It doesn't get any more obvious than that, Craig. Craig, you you should have taken the
1: qualifying offer. And the well, the good news for Camero is that despite the lack of the big money offer, he wants. I think right. what was he, he? Won like six years and a hundred. Absolutely, something like, that. something like that. The Braves like him. The Phillies like him and can right. actually use him. The Twins like him. Uh, and he's well, he's waiting for that $100 million contract that's never going to come. I don't think it's ever going to come either. The sad truth is, look, he, he struggles in the playoffs because he, he, like, he walks too many guys. Sure. And analytics have made free agency as such. You're not getting paid for what you've done before. You're getting paid for what you might be in the future. What you're likely to do in the future, given what we know about you so far. And in the case of Kimbrough, it's really gone off the rails because Jim Baden of The Athletic reported a few days ago he's considering sitting out the season. Right. Ken Rosenthal later followed that with his agent, David Meter, saying that it's wholly inaccurate. Right. I get it. Look,
0: the only thing I'd like to say on him sitting out the season is that he call his agent calls him. I th- I don't know if he calls himself, but his agent called him a Hall of Fame caliber pitcher. I think one thing that Hall of Fame pitchers don't do is sit out seasons. They don't. Like
1: Marion Rivera never would have done this. You gotta play.
0: Yeah. You, a- Eckersley doesn't sit out a season. Goose Gossage you'd never sit out a season. You I, gotta play. I
1: get that Kimbrel wants to be paid, but right. he has to start thinking realistically. You're not gonna that. levy on Belvis. Yeah, closers they're they're interchangeable. Right. Like anybody can do it. It seems. And he does have a problem with walks. He has to decide right now: Do I want to get paid or do I want to play? In his defense,
0: yeah. I'm going to say that his. Po- I believe that his postseason performance was caused by him tipping his pitches. I believe, and that could very well be. I believe that his walks were caused by him tipping his pitches. I believe that both those problems were resolved after it was discovered that he was tipping his pitches. I believe, or at least I believe his performance improved, and so. I'm not ready to kill Craig Kimbrough just for his just for his admittedly terrible, although he converted all his saves last year, but his admittedly rocky postseason last year. But what I will say is that he's got to come down. He's yeah. got he's got to come down. It's got to be it's got, it's got to be a three year deal. Maybe yeah. maybe two. Maybe maybe a, the the mo- what the most years that I could see Kimbrough getting. Right now is three years. That's the most years that I could see getting. Because I, I can't see any, any yeah. other reliever on the market who's gotten more than three. Right. I mean, David Robertson got three in the deal that he negotiated for himself. Uh, two. Didn't he get a third? Didn't he get a, like a club option for a there, third? Yeah, there might, or, yeah, or, there, there might or, be or an a, option. But or there, there's there, this there, ridiculous... There's two,
1: year, there's two years of guaranteed money.
0: Right, right, right. Or, but there's this ridiculous club option for a third where they could just buy it out for two and a half million and say sayonara.
1: No, you're, you're think, that sounds more like uh um, That's that's
0: gotta be Robertson, right? They could either pay him twelve point five million or they could buy it out. It's a club option. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Well, yeah. Whereas by contrast, um the Yankees It's not were, the whereas, swell opt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not like the swell, but the Zach Brittons, do right, 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 right. It's not yeah. it's not Britons. It's it,
0: But what I'm saying is it's it's going to be hard to come by, I think, more than three years, and he's got to he's, his ask has got to come down, and there's got to be a team, and I believe that the Phillies and I believe that the Braves just may pay him an average annual value on his contract that he can live with. I think that's accurate. I, I believe that, but he's got to come down, or he's or he or he's he's going to end up with a one year deal somewhere.
1: Yeah, and speaking one year deals, I and mean, we've only got a minute left on this topic, but I can make this one short and sweet. Sure. Dallas Keichel. Because you and I said, like, let's pick a free agent apiece to to talk about uh, who hasn't been signed yet. Where's he going? Um, I seriously don't have any clue why he's still in the market. Is his Uh,
0: ask in the stratosphere as well? I mean, what do we we know about that? He
1: hasn't really made his demands public. Right. um, Because Keichel himself, like, he seems like a very low-key guy. Sure. Um, In fact, I'm going to stop the timer just because, like, there's so little to say about this. Uh, Look, I got it out Keichel. He's not a very big guy. He's maybe like 5'10", maybe like 180, something like that. Sure. Um, and he has no velocity. I think his I think his fastball tops out at sub ninety. Sure. But, but at the same, time, and he also has some injury issues. He's got like a neck problem. Like his elbow barked a couple of times. Right. His back. But he's workable. He's a former AL Cy Young winner. He's got right. he he makes he makes inducing ground balls look easy. Right. I, I hear you know. Let's talk about his, his Cy Young season. What what was his uh, ground ball rate thanks to that big slow curve he has? <laughs> that that he's, like when he's on. Yeah, like, he's on. He's he's nearly unhittable. I got so angry watching the Yankees try to beat Dallas Keuchel a couple years ago because I'm just there going, you know that big slow curve is coming. Right, time your damn swing. Right, or but let it uh, or let it go. His all right. His ground ball rate uh, in 2015 when he won 20 games, 61.7 percent. That's not bad. That is unbelievable. That is not bad. 2017 ground ball rate 66.8 percent. That's crazy. Last year it fell off a bit. Fifty three point seven percent, but that's still very respectable, right? Like I, I right. don't know what I don't know what the major league average is, right? But he, he his al- ask has got to be in the
0: stratosphere. Yeah, that's the only thing I can. I don't know why this man is not signed yet. Yeah, I I don't get it either. I mean, to what two years? Hap, look, you know, hap the deal, right? You know what I mean? Like uh, two years, three years, something. I mean, somebody's got to. He, I mean, he's he's good for innings. He's good for innings, and he's good for wins. He keeps you in a ball game. Good lord.
1: Yeah. Um the last I checked though, the Reds and the Phillies had checked in on him. Astros were also interested in bringing him back. We're high agent, I'd say, look, go to the NL. Like right. you don't have a lot of velocity. Uh the AL's figured you out for the most part. Right. You'll get lit up there. Go to the National League where there's right. more contact hitting. You'll you'll risk uh you'll risk giving up lots of home runs going to the Reds. Sure. But And they still yeah. don't but they still don't have the D H. We don't know how
0: long, how much longer the NL doesn't have the DH, but they still don't have the DH, so you get a little vacation every time through the lineup as you go through the bottom third and yada 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 and all the rest of it. I I agree. I agree with you in that the NL seems like the place. seems like a decent place for Keiko right now.
1: Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's uh, move on to the last topic of the. Uh, we're already at the last one. Good yeah. So we're going to set the timer for ten minutes. Good heavens. Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. Oh, the saga! At long last, Manny Machado is has a he has a new boo. Good, good. San Diego Padres have emerged emerges the mystery team, right? Despite the the Phillies and like, the Yankees were kind of never really in it, but I guess people always speculated that the worst kept mystery team secret. It seems ten years, three hundred million dollars with an opt out after five. The Dodgers, you know, hats off to them. They flew to Miami and and took a second meeting with Machado. AJ Preller deserves a steak dinner, a bottle of fine alcohol, a right. uh, fruit basket. It's a great deal for San Diego, and they're relevant again. Because because paired with Hosmer, there's now a good one-two punch in that lineup. Right. And I think they've got a lot of young kids. you got Tatis Jr. Yeah. Uh, and and I think uh, he's all, good. all those pitching prospects, he's like uh,
0: Cal Quantrill, Anderson Espinoza. Right. I mean, the, the some of the young kids have cracked the majors. Some of the young kids are... are uh, are ready to crack the majors there's a i think there's a if you're a san diego fan there's a lot to be excited about yeah it, and i think it's good for machado because san diego isn't isn't so you're not under as much of a microscope in san diego as you would be in maybe a, a big name east coast city uh like new york or even like boston you know where where baseball is is almost more akin to a religion uh here than it than maybe it is in San Diego. I think it's a really laid back city. I think Machado is a laid back player. I think he'll benefit from that atmosphere. And what's more, I think he'll I think he'll produce and I think he'll appreciate the laid backness of it. And it's beautiful. And by the way, San Diego's beautiful. Yeah. I, I have never met anyone who's moved to San Diego and complained
1: at all. Apparently Petco Park is in a wonderful neighborhood, too. Right. right.
0: So, you know, I, I think this is a really great signing for Machado. He got his money. Good, he took the money like and, we like we thought he would. Absolutely good. Good on him. And that's, you know, and that seems to write an end to it. And, and, you know, if things start to go sour, you know, the, there's, op, there's an option after five years. Yeah.
1: And, but now I think the onus is on the Padres to actually produce because they've got, right. MLB is now ranking them as having the top farm system in the game. They're, they got these great arms that we just talked about. Cal Quantrill, Espinoza, Luis Urias. Right. Uh, but now they have these two great hitters, and they're playing in a park where home runs go to die. I mean,
0: this is this is accurate. But you know, they're also two really good hitters, and and they're and they're going to be two major part. They're going to be a major part of that lineup, and that moves the depth chart. You know, two spaces to into two spaces more into a positive positive area. You know, you
1: there's less you have to cover up. Yeah, but. I, I'm a firm believer in the saying, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. Right. Now, that said, I hope Manny Machado has an MVP season in the in San Diego. I hope he makes that team relevant again. Hit a million home runs. They, they're, they're making the jerseys look good again. Right. I, I want right. nothing more than for Manny Machado to do well with the San Diego Padres and knock mm-hmm. on whatever this table's made of. I think it's metal. Yeah, no, knock on this crappy metal. I think it's metal, J.B. <laughs> knock on wood, he wins a World Series for him. Right. Because... If these pitchers don't cut it, he goes from being a great signing to it's it's rod in Texas all over again. Absolutely, and I but I think that's where the five year option
0: comes in. I think they must have told him, look, we're going to need five years. And I think I think in years three through five of his contract, I think the microscope's really going to be on San Diego to see what are they doing to compete. You know, do do the young kids from the minors and 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 do the you know do the the first and second year guys have they been producing? You know, have they are they producing as as san diego might have thought they would or do they need to be moved for for veteran you know for veteran players or players that are with more proven track records at the major league level you know i think though san diego has a lot of options and i think they can compete at some point in the next 5 years the only problem is you're still looking up at the dodgers in that
1: division the Dodgers, the Rockies are making some noise now. Right, right, I mean, right. you, you can't ever roll out the Diamondbacks even though they just traded Paul Goldschmidt, fair enough. I mean, but it, it, And even, the, and even the Giants are there young
0: and scrappy. Right. I mean, look, there's a lot of work San Diego has to do. I think they might be, I think at least they have more of a chance to be able to do it now with Machado than without.
1: Yeah. Anyway, um let's talk about Bryce Harper. Oh, Bryce. Yeah, um does
0: he even want to go to Philly? Do, 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 it's
1: hard to say. Does he even want to go to Philly? It's really hard to say. Several reports came out. I think I think it was from Bob Nightingale from USA Today who said over the weekend that Philly's owner John Middleton's private plane was on the ground in Las Vegas, Fair enough. where Harper's from. And I, everything I've heard says that the Phillies have offered him a ten-year deal worth north of three hundred million dollars. Right and right so at this point it's kind of with the Phillies it's like and Bryce Harper it's like watching Ross and Rachel all over again are yeah. they going to get together or not right 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 i now that's it i am going to go ahead and say yes they are because the Phillies have a great young team Harper want, wants to take the money he he wants to get paid and i think he's also such a fierce competitor that he also wants to win right but that said there are two other teams lurking the giants have not have not gone away su- uh, super quietly and no, the top, they're still
0: hanging around.
1: They're still hanging around. And then this came out um, earlier this afternoon. Uh, this is from John Morosi of MLB.com and also does some Fox Sports work, I think. Uh, Bryce Harper updates, some Phillies officials have grown concerned Harper will sign with the Dodgers if they make an offer that comes close to Phillies. Right. The ability to play close to home and train in Arizona both appeal to Harper, who is a Lakers fan.
0: I mean, but what about a shorter contract with an average annual value somewhere in the stratosphere? I think well, Bryce that, Harper gets that appar- look.
1: That's apparently what the Dodgers are, are preparing to offer, right. is that they're going to offer like similar money that the Phillies are just over less years. Right. And wow. now that Nolan Arenado has taken...